0: Love Hope, Radio.
1: This is Patty Hallstrand. K what radio? Didn't want to turn down. <laughs> this is Patty Holstrand, and I'm so happy to have you guys on board today. And uh, this is Wad Radio, as most of you, as you guys know now. Uh, we've been around for a little while, and we are just getting started and starting to uh, promote Leprecon. We've got a lot of uh, people that we've had on so far, and we have. An Squishy Studios. Uh, he's going to be visiting with us today, but he's also one of the participants and an active member of Leprechaun uh, last year and as well as this year. We're very happy to have him on board. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started.
2: Hello there.
1: <laughs> now, I know you're a Phoenix based filmmaker, and yeah. you have just got so much stuff going on you know, uh, just, just excited to get started and talk sure. about all of it. I've got Craig on the other line. Uh, would you like to I, introduce uh, Craig for us?
2: I'm sorry?
1: Would you like to introduce Craig for us?
2: Sure. Uh, Craig Curtis, Craig Michael Curtis, is uh, one of the writers on the show. Um, he's also the uh, writer of the Void Trekkers novella.
1: So you're not only getting into movies, but you're also producing books. Am I right?
2: Yeah, yeah. We basically have put out one ebook. He's the author of, of several other ebooks as well. But yeah, you know, we 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 really want to kind of branch out and give uh, our audience um, as many different kinds of ways to get into the show.
1: Which is a terrific idea, because you know, as part of uh, overall media. It's you know, not mm-hmm. just print media, but it's your, your audio, you got your video, and and looks to me like you just got it all.
2: It's called a transmedia experience.
1: Oh, there you go. There's a catch word, transmedia. <laughs> Craig, how are you doing today? Yes. I'm doing very good, thank you. So tell us how you got involved with Nathan.
3: Oh, well, Nathan and I have been... Uh, We've been friends for since grade school. Uh we've been doing, <laughs> we've been doing projects together for I don't even know how long. It's been decades really. But uh I was uh he and I were uh working on movies for such a long time and then when it finally started getting serious and and we formed Squishy Studios, I by that time was moving into uh novel writing. And even even though I was doing that I also kept up with, with writing and acting and uh helping out with Squishy Studios as well.
1: Well, okay. So you started in the schoolroom uh producing little you know, little things at, and in your probably in high school I'm sure. And yeah. moved up
4: to <laughs>
1: and moved up to more things. You you must have obviously been one of those that liked to make those uh got some interference going on here. Uh, so if you guys are hearing some interference I apologize, it's just that kind of day anyway no, um, we, <laughs> hopefully you guys aren't hearing it but
2: no, no, we don't hear anything
1: good, good it's like somebody else is on the line or something so you never know so anyway, just let anyone know sometimes we get interference and just let know that if you hear it Just yeah, just ignore it <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you guys have been doing this for a long time and you've got quite a few things, you know. I I put up your website on the chat so that way people can, can you know, click right on there and go right to your home page. Okay. Um, also everybody, you know, this is not a one way deal. You can call in and talk and, and comment and, you know, question all you want. Uh, this is open radio. So the phone number is 714-242-5145. It's not a number, so if you have a cell number, if you have a cell phone, that's the best way to do that. It, otherwise, you will you will incur some fees. 714-242-5145. I know we've got some people already coming into the chat, so those who don't know about the chat, just see a little load the information about the show. If you don't have a phone or, or don't... Or, don't want to call in that way, then just write it down there and I will definitely forward it to Nathan and, and Craig and they can answer your questions. So with that, uh, so I'm looking at your website. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys got a really bright look to it and it was just terrific. As a graphic designer, I'm always looking at how you're designing things and you've got lots of stuff you can go to. Uh, see that you guys uh, had zombie team building that won a mm-hmm. short... On the word recently, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can elaborate a little more on that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have um, nothing more to say on that. <laughs>
2: as, he, as he spikes the phone and walks away. Um, yeah, uh, we we before Voyage Trekkers and even during, uh, we did a lot of short films, and so uh, Zombie Team Building was one of those. That was a, a short film that we did for the the almost famous uh, 48 hour challenge um and so yeah that that film was a lot of fun and we if for for void Striker fans um it actually has a number of the cast members that are in that um in very different roles
1: ah okay
2: So you it uh, gets oh, yeah. So yeah uh, uh, uh,
1: Phoenix Fear Fearcon correct
2: Yeah yeah we we won best short film at Fearcon uh, and we also played at a number of other uh, uh, Comic-Cons, including uh, Dragon Con and uh, the Phoenix uh, Comic-Con.
1: Oh, yes, of course. And Dragon Con, I mean, that's just a huge con. So
2: that's yeah. a great one to get into. Yeah. And, of course, you, oh, of course, yeah. you
1: know. Go ahead.
2: Oh, so uh, zombie team building, the whole premise, is that it's the uh the ultimate corporate retreat which is zombie survival so the whole thing is kind of really a corporate parody as these these people <laughs> who, who are being forced through a re, you know a corporate retreat with the whole kind of jingo you know slang uh, of of that kind of stuff but it's people are dying and and you know and they're having to to use shotguns and things like that so it's a lot of fun <laughs>
1: It doesn't like, uh, you know, it's supposed to. Those kind of things are supposed to de-stress you. I mean, yes, you know. <laughs> no,
3: the, the, that that's the cover story that the corporation wants you to know. They they, they actually send you there to improve your 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 synergy and your, your mm-hmm. commitment to the the company. And uh, uh, that was one of the things we wanted to convey was like if 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 your company sends you on a retreat like, oh, yeah, we're going to the camp to relax. And then it turns out to be this very extreme experience where what they really want to do is learn how to survive as a team and, okay. uh, you know, incorporate that into an office uh, uh, standpoint. And then <laughs> we just took that concept and threw in zombies.
1: Well, you know, I'm no longer in, in the corporate sector, but I remember a couple of zombies that, that I used to work with. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you got a couple of web shows. Uh tell us how you gotten got started on all those.
2: Um, so our first web series uh is called Normally That's Weird, which we actually are um we've already photographed the full we've already shot the full season for that. We just we just released the pilots. Uh and so the full season is actually coming out this year. Um, but uh, Voyage Trekkers, yeah, we um, we started that uh, shooting late, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, correct, late December 2011, and then we released yeah. in, two, was it 2012? That was 2011.
3: 2011, okay. 2011, yeah, we, December 2011 is when we did the, the initial six episodes.
2: For okay, okay. So, yeah, so 2011 is when season one came out of uh, ten episodes. And then Season 2 actually comes out May 1st in one week.
1: Yes, I I know about that. You, you're having a launch party.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're having a launch party on Tuesday. So those listeners in the Phoenix area, it's at Tom's Tavern at 6 p.m. on Tuesday.
1: And that'll be uh, 2 North Central Avenue for those. that will be right in the heart of, of Phoenix there.
2: Central yep, location Central.
1: Is good yeah so that's great, so that way they can find it and uh and come on by yep. now you're gonna now what do what do we expect here obviously you're gonna show a little bit of your first uh episode for the for the season,
2: yeah, so we'll be showing the very first episode um at the launch party, which is um about seven and a half minutes long um okay. and so yeah, we're really excited about that.
1: Now tell me about when you when you're doing webisodes uh you're talking about a season. So how many episodes do you do for uh, a season?
2: Well, that that's the cool thing about the web is it's still kind of, you know, there's a lot of flexibility. So we're doing a 10 episode season, which seemed pretty pretty good and reasonable and that's about the standard. Um so yeah, there'll be weekly episodes. So once they start hitting uh, next week on Wednesday, there'll be a a brand new episode. For ten full
1: straight weeks. Ah, okay, that's awesome. And and you know, being on the on the internet, you know, uh, people don't watch the same way they do on television. Mhm. They they want their piece. They want everything. Do you find that that's uh, let's say Craig? Did you find that it's easier to write uh, smaller segments like this?
3: Um, to an extent, I mean, there's less to write for for an, an episode that's only five minutes long instead of 30 minutes long or an hour long. Uh, but at the same time, you find yourself having to condense a lot more than yeah. you normally would have to. I mean, if you have to tell a whole story within five or seven minutes, I mean, that's everything just kind of gets crammed too fast. So you have to cut stuff out. What we ended up doing, especially in the first season of Voice Records, was... Uh, rather than trying to condense an entire episode into a five-minute um, uh, piece, we would uh, simply take sort of a select scene from a larger episode and just do that. So, so especially in the first season, also in the second season, well, but mostly in the first season, you get these uh, points when the episode starts and they're kind of halfway through an adventure, and they're just in a single scene of the adventure. And usually by the end of that particular episode, things fall apart. And you have no idea how they got out of it, but the next episode they're all fine, so uh, uh, you just assume as uh, the the episode that the rest of the episode that wasn't seen they somehow got out of it. But uh, so it's really just a a a, uh, cutaway of a larger episode.
1: So do you do cliffhanger type of things then? Is that what you're telling me?
3: I would say an anti cliffhanger would <laughs> probably be more accurate. A lot of these times, <laughs> they are uh they are just kind of uh, uh put out to pasture at the end of the episode and they're just kind of a, a resignation like, oh, we're completely screwed now. Uh rather than uh <laughs> yeah. having it because we don't really resolve anything in the next episode. Uh, at, like I said, at least this is the the first season's concept is that, you know, if if Captain Sunstrike is trapped and he's being held hostage, and then the whole scene, the whole episode is him being held hostage, and by the end of the episode, he's still held hostage, and in fact his situation is even worse than it was at the start, uh, <laughs> but then the episode ends, and the next episode he's, he's fine and moved on, uh, but actually I think uh, there's there's a little more of it in the second season, there's going to be more of a sense of continuation than there was in the first season. Okay,
1: okay, and I know that you guys uh, shoot some things on location, like outside. How do you deal with that?
2: Um, how do we deal uh, in terms of what? Well, in terms of like, the, the difficulty?
1: If well, if you're filming outside and you're trying to make a sound, I mean, you're know, supposed to be voice trackers, which means that you guys are actually mm-hmm. not in space, but obviously right. you, you beam down to a planet to do something. So how right. do you deal with the continuity? of location?
2: Um, well, so in in terms of like exterior shooting and things like that, um we, we you know, we've had to basically take like the same environment which is, you know, Arizona, and, and sh make it as many different environments as possible. Because a lot of the episodes are episodic. They don't necessarily take place on the in the same location. And so there were a number of episodes where it's like, well, how do we make this desert look different than the last desert? And so a lot <laughs> of that is in terms of just photographing it, maybe adding in some alien moons, you know, and just oh, kind of approaching yeah. it from like a, a, a different style.
3: Ultimately, <laughs> so you, kind of, it, you, you can't do like um, uh, eight episodes and they're all in the desert. So uh, we've had to be very creative in terms of, you know, mixing it up. Uh, right, right. So that like, oh here here's an episode where they're in a cave. Here's an episode where they they look like they're in a jungle and so and obviously there's there's no rainforest that we can drive to that's like <laughs> a half hour out of town. It's it's right. a desert wherever you're going. So we've kinda had to uh uh improvise a lot in terms of uh setting up our scenery.
1: Now I know that uh, you guys have a uh, background or a designer who who does some backgrounds is that how you manipulate your experience?
2: yeah, so in season two we're we're using a lot more in terms of um digital map paintings uh Ryan clackenbush um he did some digital map paintings for us, and you'll see actually one of them in season one. Uh, in the, I mean, season two, in the in the first episode, it's actually not like an exterior, but an interior. He actually created this this big sci-fi door for us. Um, but yeah, so so there's one there's one exterior that we have that's actually just a digital map painting that that he created and looks great.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of his work uh, that he had that you had sent me information on, and it's like wow. It's two different. It's two different worlds sitting there. It's great. We do have a caller, so let's see what we have to say here. Caller, your net, Hi. last word number is high. <laughs> and How who are we, you
0: guys?
1: We're fine. Who are we talking to? My name is Sarah. I'm calling from Phoenix.
4: And I have a question about the music on Voyage Trekkers. I ah. <laughs> remember saying on the Voyage Trekkers Facebook page that there were a lot, uh, or that there had been some live recordings up done up in Flagstaff. Um, and I was wondering yeah. how much of the music was live and how much of it was synthesized or if it was all live.
2: Mm. Cool. Yes. Um, so we, um, Michael Markowski is our composer. And he, he's been fantastic. Um, he has connections with... He, he mainly does, like, band music, um, uh, music that's meant for um, uh, symphonies that are in, like, colleges and high schools and things like that. And so he's got a lot of connections with those those schools. And so we were able to go up to NAU and actually record the, the season two season finale, the entire episode... Um, with their wind symphony. Um, so that was all done with the live uh, uh, live musicians. Um, and then, so that was an awesome experience, but then he uh-huh. completely topped it by <laughs> recording the season one episode with a live orchestra uh, in Macedonia. So the first
3: episode of, of season two, you mean?
2: Oh, yeah, the first episode of season two. So when we come out with that first episode in a week, I think people are going to be really impressed because it's it's with a live orchestra. It's with, I believe, a 59-piece orchestra. Um, and then so now all the episodes in between, episodes two through nine, that will actually be um, Michael himself doing the music mainly through the computer, just like he did in season one. but the But the main theme... Uh, in every episode, when we hit the credits, that's actually a live orchestra. So we'll have a little little bit of that in every episode, and we're really excited about that.
0: Sounds awesome! Yay! So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you approve?
4: I approve totally. I'm okay. so excited.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, it, it, I,
4: can I say that that um I've I've gotten a sneak peek at season two.
0: Sure yeah and, yeah <laughs>
4: um, is that are those live recordings on the screeners that we got to see mm
2: i'm n i am do not think so so um oh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, so I don't think so yeah the uh the um uh, maybe the maybe the the main theme um so yeah some people have uh we've put out some screeners for like the phoenix comic con and other film festivals. So some people have seen this episode. Oh, and we also had, I mean, yeah, I mean, like ho- over film 100 have seen it, yeah, at the film bar screening. We had an advanced screening uh, two months ago. Wow. Um, and so some people actually have seen the first couple of episodes, but, yeah, the, uh, the live orchestration for the very first episode is brand new. People have heard this. yet.
1: Wow. That's cool. great. And we're looking forward to that. Are you going to be able to make it out to, uh, to the uh, event on Tuesday? So did you, did you hear about okay. the, the launch? Yeah, did you hear about the launch party on Tuesday?
4: Oh, yes, I am totally going to be
1: there. Okay, Okay, cool. Which I'm so
4: excited for <laughs> that. Yeah. Of course I would be there.
2: <laughs> Yay. Yay.
1: Yeah, well, well, I'll be there too, so we'll help cool. to definitely have a party. <laughs> Looking cool, forward well, to it. Anything else, Sarah? No, that was
4: my question. Thank you very much for taking my call. You're welcome. Thank you.
1: Bye, <laughs> guys. Cool. Bye. That's, that was Sarah, and that was a great question because you know something that I, you know, I consider a new about. So there there we go. We got music issues. Uh and that sounds mm-hmm.
2: awesome.
1: That sounds awesome. You guys are extending uh you know the the experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The uh uh Michael completely uh surprised me. <laughs> he didn't tell me at all that he was gonna be doing that with the, the the orchestra for the first episode. So that was uh, a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. And the the music for Voyage Trackers is just so it, it's perfect for the genre. It's very sci-fi adventure, you know, to the stars sort of of of, mm-hmm. of feeling to it. It really brings a lot to the the episodes and the characters to have uh, not just sort of stock music footage or or whatever they happen to have, but an actual you know you have an actual creative musical mind like a like like Michael, uh, working with Nathan in terms of setting up the episode and setting up the events, the beats in the episode, and bringing bringing out the story with with the music. It, it's it's a very rewarding experience to to see the music put put everything together.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Definitely adds a whole new dimension to the work and uh again music has always uh has always been a part of movie making don't you think where it causes intensity we can as a, as an audience know when what to feel
2: mm-hmm. what to
1: feel based on the music
2: yeah absolutely and, and, and it was especially important for uh the kind of thing that we were going for with void strikers because we always wanted to kind of give the sense that we were uh, taking a slice out of, like, a larger movie or a bigger world, you know. Like, like for some reason, they're in, in a big, expensive movie, and they're just completely screwing it up, you know. So it, it, in some ways, that added production value actually sets up the comedy even even higher, you know.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought the comedy up, because that's something I was just going to talk, uh, talk about with both of you since we... Uh, that you discussed it, the comedy. Uh, you guys got the you know, you know these a uh, little slightly slapstick, um, and you you got the humorous side. And and I find that especially with with uh, internet, you you need to have the humor there with mm-hmm. any kind with anything that that's on the radio. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, well, it, it, that's certainly the way that we we think. That, you know, that wouldn't you say, Craig?
3: Yeah, I think uh even if we do semi serious stuff, uh, it's going to be infused with a certain level of humor and uh uh you know, just a little joy of life uh that that I, I don't know, I think it keeps your attention. I mean if it was just sort of a a Star Trek parody that Voyager mm-hmm. Trickers was, if it was just mocking Star Trek and then having the characters run around like buffoons. Uh, I mean, I think you would lose interest in that fairly quickly, but the characters have their own life and their own humor to them uh, that's not just a a caricature of a a different character. So I I think the humor really brings out the the life of the characters and the story more than than it would if it were straight serious or just straight, uh, you know, uh, farcical nonsense. Uh, oh, I agree.
1: I, I yeah, you Go ahead. I'm sorry. Says, I was agreeing with you, Craig. That and I think what you are talking oh, about well. is, is is a balance. You need mm-hmm. to have a balance, a balance of the humor and the and the drama, in order to keep people's attention.
3: Absolutely. The the. Uh, there is drama in the in the series The Void World is meant to be sort of a a serious science fiction world. It's not a world of goofy goofiness all around you. It's a it, it is sort of a a real science fiction universe with this crew of kind of inept people in it so that the humor comes out of that rather than having everything just be zany looney tunes cartoonish uh stuff going on. So and and the the balance of making it feel like, oh well they really are in danger because there's, you know, a guy over there shooting at them and he's not shooting flowers or anything. It's it's you know, a real laser blast or something. It gives it gives it a a, a sense of, of I don't know, I don't want to say realism, but uh <laughs> it just kind of grounded more. And I think it brings out the humor all the more that there is a a certain drama to the stories as well. Yeah, they find
1: them, They find themselves in awkward situations, and it's it's how the, how the characters get around that situation. So it's uh, right. blend. I think I think you guys got a good blend of of everything. You know the elements that you need. You know, you've got the humor. You've got you know uh, situations that are just you know <laughs> bad situations to get into. And they've got to find a way out of it. So I think you guys got a, a good blend of, you know, the humor with the drama. Oh, well, thank um, you. How, now, how did you find your characters? Because, uh, you know, I think you've got some interesting, uh, Ray, you've got the, you know, obviously the, the good guy, the guy who tries to do everything right. Then you've got, you know, so, a little more comedic guy who uh, things that seem to happen to him. And then, you, of course, you've got your, your woman, which, of course, has to be in any episode. Um, how did you find this blend? Because I think you've got an interesting array here.
2: Well, um, I don't know. We I think we just took it from um, some. Uh, I think they all came together kind of naturally. Um,
3: I think we always wanted all, a trio, uh, right? I, I think it, to a large extent, um, some of the uh, idiosyncrasies of the characters were brought out by uh the people who we cast in them. I know mm-hmm, that sure. uh when we were developing Sunstrike, Nathan especially was really writing uh sunstrike for adam Reaney, mm-hmm. and bringing out uh, bringing out Adam's talents and his ability as comedic style and that kind of turned uh Captain Sunstrike, the leader, uh, his his personality into what he became.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. That's that makes sense too. Uh, and I think they did that in some extent with uh, with the real Star Trek. Mm-hmm. No, that's,
3: yes. Yeah.
1: Now I know that that uh, you Craig have played some characters.
3: Yeah, a couple. Uh, My 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 first role was a very brief role as in in the first season in the the birthday episode, the birthday surprise episode, where uh, Sunstrike and Powell raid a a uh, a barbarian den and kind of go in blasting, and then they realize that this is the wrong address and this is actually a surprise birthday party for someone, and I (laughs) am the last guy they shoot. With the the surprised and bewildered look on his face as he falls backwards with a a blaster hole in the, in the Raps present he has. But uh, um, after that, I was I played a recurring role or will be recurring role in season two, which is uh, General Kang, who is sort of the kind of old um, old school you know science fiction villain, the more ha ha mustache twirling I will rule the galaxy kind of a uh, fellow who is kind of Sun Strikes Nemesis in a way. Uh-huh. Uh, and he may, he has he has an appearance early in the second I think is is it episode two or three, Nathan, that, that Kang makes his uh, return. Uh, it's two. Episode two? And yeah. yeah, so he has his big return in ep, in episode two of season two. Um and uh along with that I also play a new character in the second season. Although you can't actually see my face, (laughs) I am Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the ship's robot named Info, and I appear (laughs) in several episodes as Info. So when you see the big, you know, he's hard to miss when you see the big robot in season two. Yeah, and he's in the he's
2: in the trailer. He's in the. You'll actually see both characters that he plays in the season two trailer.
1: I know that uh, for those who are listening to this show, um, the show, uh, the slideshow picture of Craig there is in character. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys have, you know, have a good, take, take a look at that, and you'll know what, what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, yeah we so, got- so
2: people <laughs> people who don't know about the show, the the basic premise is that um, it's a comedy web series about the worst crew in the galaxy, and so it's it's not. Star Trek, but it's obviously very reminiscent of it. It's, it's its its own little galaxy. But the whole idea is that, you know, it's like a legitimate adventure universe where people do actually know what they're doing, just not these guys. And so they're kind of going into situations that are very familiar to, you know, that other Starship crews have gone into, but they're just completely the bottom of the barrel. They're completely messing it up. You know, it, it's someone once described it as it's always sunny in Philadelphia in space you know?
1: <laughs> so Craig uh you're writing quite a bit now something you're going to be doing as far as your noveling
3: um yeah be, well beyond the uh the novella the, the voyage trekkers novella um I've been writing a lot of the expanded universe content for voyage trekkers. Um the we, we did some um we did a radio play last year, uh early last year that's I think is is still available. And uh we did several Facebook choose your own advent choose your own adventure events uh over the last couple of years and I was the uh, primary author for all of those. Um in terms of yeah, in terms of my own novel writing I kind of do that um, intermittently, in between my voyage Trekkers projects that Nathan Nathan assigns me to, uh, uh, but but yeah, I I do try and make that a my my other novel writing priority is is a priority whenever it makes me have it be a priority. But I just I just finish up uh, a, a a long project uh, that I'm hoping will be out in the next couple of weeks as an ebook. Uh, which is uh, the second installment of my fantasy novel series as well.
1: Oh well, tell us about that. We're always in the end, obviously extending information about authors.
3: <laughs> it's, um, the the series is called Into the Realms. Uh, the first the first book uh, was The Other Side of the Gate. Just the name of it. It was uh, released in two thousand nine. Um, I am re-releasing it as an ebook. At the same time that I'm releasing a sequel which is called the m t c uh uh both of those novels will be coming out hopefully early next month and uh uh I'm very excited about that 'cause they've they've kind of consumed a lot of my creative energy uh the Vat and void structure has consumed a lot of my my life really uh for the last few years. <laughs>
1: So that's awesome. Yeah, I do no, do notice on your website, Squishy Studios is doing feature films. Can you tell us anything about that? Are you part of that, Craig, or is that something
3: a different project? The feature films? Uh, yeah, uh, Nathan's, Nathan's the feature film guy. I'll let you know I can tell you about that. Okay. Yeah, so we did a feature film um, uh,
2: in 2007 called uh, The Constant Epiphanies of Billy the Blood Donor. It was based off of a play that my brother uh, Logan actually wrote. And so um, we're still trying to figure out what to do with it. It doesn't have distribution right now. It was very, it was, you know, when they say no budget, it was basically no budget. You know, we we just shot it because we wanted to do something fun. Um, But it's definitely something that we want to continue to do. We definitely want to do um uh, more features. I mean uh, that's that's uh you know I've been filmmaking before the existence of of web series and so um I didn't necessarily grow up saying that I wanted to be web series but I've kind of turned into the web series guy. But uh, uh yeah I definitely wa- we definitely want to do more fe- features in the in the future.
1: Well good. We're we're looking forward to definitely seeing that. I know that you've got some short works here. Um Master of Daring uh until the end of everything mm-hmm. The hand your dealt and the lords of uh, dragonhof
2: mhm
1: are those uh, new ones or things that have been there for a little bit no yeah
2: those are those are those are all older um so uh 2000s dragonhof yeah and so those those have those are all have been those have all led up to void strikers void strikers the most recent
1: no, I see so some of because I can say some of these are people that you you've been using for voice truckers. So mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So in other words
3: you'll, you, you'll see uh, uh, like like Logan and Gabby uh in particular are in several of them and in the spy one until the end of everything I think is Adam Reaney's first appearance in the Squishy Studios Sure. Right. Uh so you we, we definitely have sort of our, our our circle of, of of players that you'll you'll see pop up all the time in our our older works.
1: Well, probably a little more convenient, I would think, than to you know, because you guys know the personalities, and that makes it a little easier for you know to to write those particular characters.
3: Mm-hmm absolutely and and you know we know what to expect from each other, the actors and the writers right. and, uh we we kind of uh have a familiarity with each other, so we know uh we know what what the actor is going to say when you write this line, you know how they're going to say it, so you don't have to worry about well are they gonna completely not get what they're writing in the script uh is that going kind be of explained, and even then can it be but but when you work with people enough, they but, you know, you get to know each other well enough to understand each other. You know, share the same kind of level of humor and drama and all the other emotions that an actor can convey.
1: Mm-hmm. Does it make it easier to write for an actor that since you are an actor yourself, Craig?
3: <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I, I I wouldn't think of myself as an actor as much as a. Um, Oh oh oh! Well, we're we're down a guy. We need someone. Oh, Craig, you put put on this robot suit and <laughs> didn't see. Him. I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't call myself an actor in the same way that our actors are actors, where they you know they actually uh, learn the craft and know how to act and they know how to you know convey humor. I've just basically been you know like I said. Nathan and I have known each other since grade school, and we've been mo- making movies for pretty much that whole time. And it's, so, I know how to stand in front of a camcorder and, you know, make a fool of myself. I've been doing that for <laughs> years with <for laughs> Nathan. So uh, that's the extent of my acting experience. Uh, is that uh, I suppose that from from an ex- to the extent that I know that the written word and the spoken word are two different things. Uh, which is one of the things I've learned as a quote-unquote actor, uh, helps me as a writer to um, know that uh, if I write the words, I don't care, there are so many ways you can say that those those words. You can say that line any different number of ways. So if there's something I need to convey with those lines, I need to make sure that it's clear in the writing Uh and not just assume that the actor is going to know how to how to convey it the way it goes in my head.
1: Well, that that does make it a little bit easier, I think, for you, uh, in that you're able to convey that. So where a lot of screenwriters can, you know, once once they let it go, the director can do all sorts of stuff to it.
3: Yeah, that, that's that's equally true as well. Uh, I I know when when I have written. Um, something that it's going to have to go through several filters, including my own, of, like, okay, is this ready? Is it um, it going... Not not necessarily is it good or not, although there's always that, but there's also the question of, is there time for this line? Are we going to have to cut it because it's time or it's slowing down the pace or it is Mm -hmm. redundant with something else we put in? So there's so many different filters that go through at the least of which is my writing partner who is also the director, producer and you know, creator of, of the series. Uh, yeah, that's so he has a lot of a lot of uh, a, a lot of the impact about what what, what of mine goes into the series.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so so
1: Nathan, so you mm-hmm. you do you find it convenient and, and helpful that you've known uh your writers for so long that, that that helps you to be able to uh you know to, to let them know and, and work with them.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um uh like with the actors I you know I know kind of certain things. It's like Captain Sunstrike was written for Adam Reaney because I knew he could play both um contrasts of looking like a leading man but acting like an idiot. <laughs> um, and because, you know, he he's a very handsome gentleman, um but but he's a goofball. And so that comedy was really his strong point. Um and so being able to play off of those two uh, poles was, uh was was something that I knew um was something that that was his greatest asset. And so the character was basically written with those in mind.
1: And we can expect uh, the same type of, of uh, antics with the second uh, episodes, the episodes that you have coming up. What can we expect this season?
2: Uh, in season two, we definitely wanted to uh, develop the characters more in terms of of what we um, know about them. We wanted to pull out just a bit more and see that there were people who knew what they were doing in this universe and that these people were not them. <laughs> uh, you know, we wanted just kind of a slightly larger perspective on on their universe. Cool. So Can we, we also get more, uh, more meaty? <laughs>
3: We, we, we also get to show more of the ship uh, than we did in the first season, than we could in the first season, uh, and we get to see, we get to meet more of the crew beyond um, our three stars. And we also had a couple episodes of uh-huh. our alien officer, Lieutenant Jada, uh, and he's obviously back uh-huh. for season two. And uh, uh we get to meet several other inclu- several other crew members for the ship, including uh my robot uh, character info and uh a few other characters who are less important than me
4: great mm. that's
2: true yeah we 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 originally did season one um because we wanted to do something fun we wanted yeah. to to make something that that was uh funny as it possible, possibly but it was something that we did initially kind of on a lark. I mean, as soon as we decided to do it, it immediately became the toughest thing we had ever done, so I didn't want to necessarily give the impression like we weren't taking it seriously. Um, it was like, yeah, oh my I... gosh, what did, we get our, what did we get ourselves into?
0: <laughs>
2: but, uh, um, but with season two, what we said, our, our new kind of premise was, let's bring our full A-game, you know, let's really, um, see what we can do, what would be the coolest thing that we could possibly do, and so we built a, we could actually see the, see the crew on their ship, in their home, you know, um, and we wanted to create a couple of things that we felt like it really kind of upped the ante, um, in season one, the, the season finale is a choose your own adventure which was a lot of fun to do, but it was um, the way that I thought that we could possibly top that was not to do another choose your adventure for the season finale, but to actually make the last four episodes, so episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10, a big four-parter. So it, it basically is a bigger uh, adventure w- with bigger stakes than what we've ever seen. and And we actually get to develop... Um, a bit more of the characters because we can introduce something in episode seven, often episode ten of season two. Yeah, like
3: like I was, I was saying earlier about the first season where you know if they're in a tight spot at the end of the episode, the credits play and and then da 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 and then the next week they're back to start. Whereas in this fourth part, we actually see them get into some tough spots and you know it continues they are still in the tough spot when the next episode starts so there is more of a continuity to the story this time around
1: Mhm
3: at that's least for great a whole partner that, that that's going to finish up the season
1: Yeah and that sounds great because it it does give a whole new dimension to and again uh you know it it brings you to even more deeper things and some some cooler stuff you can do for you know season 3 Yeah, (laughs) Of course, you're thinking, I just want to get through season two first. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly what I'm (laughs) thinking. So, Nathan, I have a question Mm -hmm. for you. What what are we going to see with you at Leprechaun?
2: At Leprechaun, um, we're doing a number of panels. Um, We're doing um, a panel on visual effects. And that will be with our visual effects supervisor and some of the other people uh, that helped uh, make the show, including Ryan Quackenbush, who I just, I just mentioned about the matte paintings. Uh, Brian Sheriff will also be there. Uh, but our visual effects supervisor, David Stibes, is going to be there. And uh, he, has, he actually worked on Star Trek. He worked on Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Voyager, uh, and all of their classics. And wow. so he'll be there also to kind of talk about the things we did and, and answer any questions. And then we've also got a, a panel on um, making web episodes um, yeah. and then also making uh, indie films, indie uh, stuff on a budget.
1: Yeah, which reminds me, I, I met the, one of the visual effects guys from the original Star Trek movie, you yeah, know, the original movie. Um, mm-hmm. And he was talking about it's not like they do now, but they, they, you know, they had to be very creative on how they, they, you know, uh, the the sound and the visual effects, uh, how to do, you know, warp speed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> before before we had you know uh, computers that could do all that. Right. So you do you do As any big, yeah yeah do you do any green screening.
2: Uh, Before Voyage Checkers, I hadn't, not really, a little, but not really, and so it was kind of like being thrown into the deep end. Um, We tried not to do too much green screening uh, throughout the whole series, but we ended up doing it extensively on both Episode 9 and 10, Um, (laughs) which... uh, I mean, it was insane. So episode nine, which is called Fabulous Technology, is is only every single shot is on green screen. Uh, it was basically, let's try to do an episode where we're actually dealing with a, a full green screen environment. I, I, I sincerely wanted to have that experience. And so uh, it was very um, illuminating. And then in the season finale, we had... Not a heck of a lot of green screen in my mind, but there was kind of a green screen window in every single shot behind the actors. so it turned out to be enormously dependent on, on that green screen technology. Um, yeah, it was ridiculous. We, there were hundreds, hundreds of shots.
1: <laughs> you, I mean, obviously that increases the cost of, of what you're doing.
2: Well, in terms of like increasing the cost, meaning that it's 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 cutting out uh, years of my uh, life expectancy, but uh, <laughs> but but it actually didn't cost us cause it was it was all labor. It actually didn't cost us any money.
1: Ah, okay. So it's just a whole lot of hours uh, spent uh, right. editing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, rid- yeah, it was like ridiculous. Like I, I, I took on some of the green screen stuff myself but I, I you know i i only took on maybe 20% of the burden for the final episode and i remember being at my computer for like uh, for like the season finale like it it i it, it felt like 36 hours <laughs> 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 a, a couple of naps so yeah
1: yeah. yeah yeah well you know large projects that we love that have tend to do that i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i know I know something about that so that's what you got to do when you fall in love with something that you want to do. You want to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you fall in love, love, love with
2: something, you've got to find some
0: way <laughs>
1: <laughs> So I'm glad that you're going to be at... We did have you at Leprechaun last year, and uh, I think that it's going to be even better this year. We don't have quite as many things going on. So... Uh, it will be good because there'll be more attendance in each panel, so that's something Great. That you learn from experience and <laughs> you, <listen laughs> to, it's, you get in a hotel that doesn't have anywhere near the number of rooms that Tempe Mission palms has, so that made it uh you know made me narrow the scope a lot so which which is okay mm-hmm. That's uh, everybody wants to you know it's like well, they want to add all these things' it's like I'm sorry, but we just don't have the room this time. So and uh, I learned my experience last time. I'm not letting you guys do that. <laughs> you say you want all this stuff, but you don't.
2: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just less is more, and I think that you probably understand that with movie making.
2: Right, right. If you're very, it's like it was. It was I learned a lot in terms of like how to use the art department. Um, if you're very strategic about what you see, you can really reduce the budget. Uh, I've worked on some projects where they wanted all sorts of things created and made and, and purchased that we really weren't going to get too much screen time with. We weren't really going to see too well. And so if you were very select with what you saw, you could actually get more impact with it, you know, and also cut your budget.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, everybody wants everything, but they, they don't grasp the concept of, okay, this is what you going to cost you. And then you say, okay, in that case we'll start narrowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or think of you know, as as just as a guy who uh was originally doing the first movie, uh Star Trek movie, he said he had to he had to get creative on, on how to do something uh cheaply.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it, it does take more creativity I think in in some ways to do that. Mhm.
3: It takes like, it takes a certain degree of ingenuity in order to work go. with Make, make
1: more out of less. Ingenuity is a good word for it.
2: Ingenuity. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like yeah.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I think one of the... the one of the... One of the, the... One of the things that i most... Ingenuity in terms of cutting budget uh, was... Um, in my short film, Until the End of Everything, which was like a 1960s spy movie... Uh, obviously a comedy, but so so we had these scenes that took place in a casino, and so and we we obviously didn't have a casino, and so what we did was is that we took a pattern which was a fabric which we really liked and looked exactly like kind of a high end, you know, like Monaco style casino, and we put it on a ten by ten foot board which we continually moved around. Whenever we changed angles and whenever we placed the actors, so it was, that background was always there. And then we, what we did to make the place look crowded is that we layered in the actors, and so we had we had dark, unlit silhouettes of people walking in and out in front of the camera. You know, with, so we didn't see what they looked like. We we didn't know that they weren't dressed elegantly but we saw, you know, and then we saw them hold, holding cocktails and things like that, and so it gave the impression that we were in a crowded casino when we were in my mom's living room. <laughs> yeah,
3: and it, it, looks like a, it, it, does. it looks like a casino, and you don't even think about it if you're watching it. You just think, okay, they're in a casino, and now he's playing blackjack, and yeah. it just registers, you don't see any of the casino. you just basically see, you know, Adam in a tux, and, uh, like, so I'm putting cards in front of him and, you know, the fancy fabric behind him in shadows. And that's, all of mm-hmm. a sudden, that's enough to make you think casino. Yeah, it, now, it just, now, was, now yeah. that
2: I've over, now that I've over-described it, if you watch, if you watch yeah, it, you'll see the trickery, was, uh, that's a right.
3: right, but <laughs> I,
2: I mean, <laughs> I, I literally had one of my film teachers say, how did you get permission to shoot in a casino? <laughs> it was one of my film my film teachers, you know, and so that's awesome. <laughs> that means you
1: you tricked your own film teacher. That's great. Right,
2: exactly. Yeah, the, the <laughs>
1: after. So uh, it's I know about some things that you're doing now, and you've got uh, you you know you really work hard at your media, you know, getting the word out and uh, keeping up your website. I'm sure that's really difficult on top of everything else that you're trying to do.
2: Mhm, for sure.
1: You got a blog going yep. on. You know, you got to keep up with the you know. things.
2: <laughs> yeah. It it, it the, the tough thing about web series is that you really have to wear so many hats. You know, it's mm-hmm. like people people talk about, you know, now that the that the internet and technology is so enabling. But what that actually means is now that instead of there being, you know, ten channels or a hundred channels, there's now, you know, ten thousand channels or a hundred thousand yeah. channels. And so, in a lot of ways, the fight is not to actually finish your project, but your greatest obstacle is actually uh, obscurity. Is actually yeah. now that now that you finished it, because so many people are enabled. That there's so many web series or short films or films out there, it's actually getting noticed. So a lot of a lot of filmmakers are having a a, um, a a rude awakening that that actually a lot of the work of getting noticed is marketing and PR and hustling and basically, you know, doing the website and the blog and the Facebook and all the social media and, and everything else entailed is that the that you really have to do even so much more work um to get noticed.
1: <laughs> and and that's true and it's the same thing with uh you know authors. Yeah, you know, they have the same issue. There's so many authors, so many books out there now. Uh that yeah. again you're you're talking about obscurity. Uh that's exactly it. And something I found out recently is 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 some uh filmmaker told me recently that that is the media the media being there at these film festivals are are really critical because this is exactly what the filmmakers need is, is the PR, you know, the free publicity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, So I'm going like, okay, I have a radio station. We have, we have our video. We, we just need to, you know, to get you guys more publicity, uh, which will of course bring more people uh you know, in to see they think because in that they're gonna they're gonna know oh, there's some cool thing going on. It's not just a film festival, you've got all these other things going on because people like to be part of something really going on,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, especially the young generation, I think that uh the older ones maybe not so much, but the younger generation is like they wanna stand around and watch even though it's not really much going on, but to them there is. <laughs> if that makes any sense. But I said, okay, in that case, that's a good thing, a good place to be. Uh, and I like talking to people. So, it's, you know, getting a radio station, I've had a radio station for about uh, over a year now. Uh, and uh, now they're talking about, uh, I had a national real radio station actually come to me and, and want to, uh, for me to extend what I'm doing in blog talk to a real radio station in Phoenix. So uh, that's it's really that's exciting. Great. <laughs> and, but then I'll be stationary. That's the whole problem. It's like and trying <clears> to get this out, and actually should go out and and actually be out among people and do things. Because I I find that a lot of those shows really do better than just you know calling in and talking. Um, yeah. People like like to hear things going on in the background. Yeah. So here we try to do studio things. Uh, and I'm not sure you probably have the same issue. Here you try to do studio things. You try to keep quiet and have things under control. And and yet people are more interactive with and, and can get more into what you do because they actually see you and watch what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you try to control them. Obviously you're trying to control some things. Uh, your feature films need to be some kind of control but uh, I guess that would probably take away from the realism of what you're doing
3: and to be sure the, I guess like the uh, the the higher up you go the more complicated things get and then control something where, where before it was just alright everyone show up at this time and the this, state this in that time which is hard enough but that's basically the extent of your organization and then when When it becomes larger than that, suddenly control becomes the ever 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 expanding influence on your life everything becomes about that about keeping everything in the circle of order that you have set up so uh to to be sure it's 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 a route that you take and you you gain things and you have to give stuff up you have to give up a certain sense of independence and a certain sense of um, of uh, you know, double care attitude for more, for more control and more order in what you're doing. Mm.
1: It does help to to bring if if you have like for the studio audience. If you had had something with the studio audience, you're winded up having more um, interaction and people who want to uh, you to watch your show outside of the studio because they were there once.
3: Yeah, and and uh, you 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 can feed off the reaction of the audience and the uh, the interaction, like you said, of of an audience. There, there is a more communicative experience. Yeah, yeah. Of
1: course, I'm sure you guys really get a kick out of having shown your your work, and and every, and they laugh where you want them to laugh. And they ah when where you want them to ah. They, and they, (laughs) oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) They've connected to what you're trying to do. Absolutely. I mean, nothing
2: compares to it. And I mean, and that's, I feel like a lot of web series creators miss that, you know, and a lot of modern filmmakers miss that. They don't get a chance to actually see it screened in front of a live audience. You know, you get an immediate sense of what works and what doesn't you can kind of sense exactly what is working uh and what doesn't and it's just yeah it's just gratifying to see it on a large screen with a a room full of people and so yeah i definitely recommend it to anyone if you if you should you know if, with people even if, if it's just meant for the web have some kind of either cast or uh, a or crew screening or, or something like that. You're, it, 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 it's really been rewarding to to talk with people after they've seen it, after they've seen something for the first time, um, and to kind of get that energy. That uh, you know, all this technology it enables us, but it can al- also separate us, and we shouldn't get away yeah. from the live, face-to-face experience. That yeah, I mean, people. You know, we ask, are movie theaters going to go away now that we can watch stuff online? You know, if, if we get to the the time to where, like, will movies come out, you know, um, what if one day when movies can come out immediately on your computer and it, it's not a hassle to watch things on your computer that you can watch, it, you know, on your, your nice large screen TV, I think people are always going to want to see it in a communal uh, way. I I think actually George Lucas put it best. He said, if Green Bay Packer fans still want to get together by the thousands when the temperature is below zero, there's something about that communal experience that will never completely go away.
1: There you go. And and that's so right. That's so right. It's just, we we still you know there's there are a lot of people who are are insulating themselves, um, and and you know some extent I do as well because I'm here all the time, but I still have to get out and talk to people and and, and be around people because I need that interaction. So it's the same thing with with mm-hmm. movies. You need to need interaction.
2: Yeah yeah, you need to know. You know, and it, it also refills your spirit to hear, you know, a yeah. hundred people all laugh together at the same time at something oh, that man. you you hoped and prayed <laughs> would work.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing that in person uh, this Tuesday. So uh, great, because it does, and of course we're going to write about it. It's. The experience of it watching it on the website compared to watching it in a communal situation is a very good point. And uh, that's a really good thing to write about. So yeah. um, definitely going to be covering that particular angle. So thanks for giving that to me. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the end of our, our things. I went a little bit over, but we're cool. And uh, as long as it's okay with you guys. Anything else you want yeah. to... Plug here because
2: this is a place to do it. Right, great. Um, well, uh, obviously, season two comes out on May first, and so check, look out for the uh, the weekly um, episodes of that. And and also, yeah, we th- we wanted to plug our um, our novel, our novella, our Void Tracker's novella, which Craig wrote. Go ahead and take it away.
3: Yes, Void Tracker's uh, Gambit of Chance is what it's called. It's available on uh pretty much everywhere ebook wise on uh iBooks and Nook and Kindle uh you can find it. Uh it's under Void Trekkers, Gambit Chance is the title, and Craig Michael Curtis is the is the author name. You can find it under either of those. Uh you can also find any uh several uh, I have a couple other books out right now that are that are available as eBooks as well. Um and if you look up under you know, under Craig Michael Curtis, you'll you'll find them all. And in a couple of weeks, I'll have a, a a a two books of a fantasy series out as, as well. So keep a look out for that.
1: That's terrific! It's in time for the leprechaun. <laughs> and of course, we're going to see uh, we're going to see Nathan at leprechaun. It'll be on the eleventh. He's going to be there all day. Uh, I got him busy all the way through until uh, early after, early <laughs> evening. So. <laughs> know, mm-hmm. so that's a good, that's a good thing, and uh, and you know he, he might be in and out, so part of the, the rest of the weekend. So definitely come on to come on over to Lebricon, which will be Mesa Marriott uh, Hotel, right in the heart of Mesa uh, Centennial, and uh, you know get into some of these panels of his and his workshops because you know really. Here he's doing it here for free, so you guys need to take advantage of that, and before he becomes too big for his britches, and start charging everybody.
2: <laughs> take advantage of me. <laughs> well,
1: you can because you know you never know. Yeah, <laughs> so we enjoy talking to you, uh, both of you, and appreciate both of your time. Thank you for having us. No, no yeah, problem. Yeah, thank you so much. And in about an hour, it'll be it'll go into archive mode, and I'll be able to give you a code. And of course, I'll be putting this up on Leprechaun as well. So you get you get you'll get all sorts of different locations I can put it out. So, oh, uh, okay, awesome. <laughs> get you guys get you guys information. And uh, I wasn't sure if I could if I could advertise actually for your uh, your uh, voice trackers. Launch party, so I didn't want to do that. Oh sure, yeah. Okay, I mean I can I can see like you know way yes. too many people coming. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's open to the public, so we can't stop you anyway. So yeah, Tom <laughs> Tavern, Tuesday, six p.m. to nine p.m. The the tavern does close at nine p.m. And uh, I don't think we actually gave the actual web address, but you can you can watch Voidcheckers on uh dot com, uh, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter, so please check us out.
1: And of course, you got squishystudios.com as well, which has all of his works and, and everything that they're doing uh, right. right there. And you have your attention to your blog, your normally this weird, and of course, your, track, your voice trackers as well as your movies uh, information. So, everything, one handy place. So, definitely mm-hmm. come and take a look at his website. And with that, I'm going to say good night, guys, and have a great night. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having us. That was Craig and Nathan Blackwell from Squishy Studios. We're so happy to have them tonight and we just want to plug everything that he's doing. Again, um, I will be out at Voice Trucker's launch party on the 30th, which is next Tuesday from 6 to 9. We'll be able to see a screening of his brand new uh, webisode and we're excited to, to take a look at take a look at it and enjoy it in a communal situation as we said there's Tom's Restaurant Tavern uh 2 North Central Avenue at uh, Suite 120 and that's of course in Phoenix Along with that we've got some other things going on of course we've got the uh new uh brand new information on the newspaper which is uh the wad.net the wild.net. definitely come on in and take a look at all the new material we have going up for there. Uh, something every few days. Uh, we've got new newspaper, obviously, now in print format, also on the website uh, on the internet. So we've got them both ways. And of course, we're here to talk about things that we uh, have on the newspaper right here. We have a brand new show that's coming up. It's we're calling that. I have to write. Escape the grind. Escape the grind is a little bit about what's going on in the, in the community and what's going on in, in uh, fandom, and in the uh, especially with the conventions around the country. What we can start to see, what the trends we are watching, you know, some things that are going on as far as conventions. Uh, yeah, Comic Con's coming soon. I will be out at Phoenix Comic Con not only in one of their tables, but we'll also be talking as uh, media with uh, as many as many of the stars I can possibly grab my hold grab a hold of and sit down for five minutes. So we're definitely looking forward to that. So Phoenix Comic Con's coming up obviously, see because I am co chair for Lepicon and, and I'm plugging that right and left. So definitely need to come out to Lepicon and find out more about that. We've got a mystery dinner theater on Saturday night. Uh, That's the first orbital uh, cruise ship. It's a three-hour tour. A lot of tongue-in-cheek, but some real downright mystery going on. Uh, Who knows what we'll see uh, in a space environment, which, you know, almost anything can happen. And that's going to be on Saturday night. Definitely need to get on the website, um, leprecon.org/slash. LEP39, that's Leprechaun.org slash LEP, L-E-P, 39. You'll see that we have uh, some great guests of honors this year. We've got John Shindehetti, who is the art director for Witches of the Coast. We just talked to him online uh, on the radio last week, so you can definitely listen to that show again. It was a terrific show, talked about, uh, you know, Wizard of the Coast, what he does with them, uh, there's a lot of different projects that they have going on. Uh, Wizard of the Coast, of course, is also uh, also with uh, Hasbro, which, of course, is a huge uh, company. It's been around for quite some time doing movies. Uh, so they do they do a lot of things. We're talking about multifaceted uh, company, a media company like uh, Squishy Studios, uh Wizards of the coast has everything uh Hasbro's got it all, so definitely want uh you know check out johnson He he's gonna be around all weekend doing things and talking about um the art of uh what he does the different things of dungeons and dragons and as well as the magic gathering cards and you know he also works on the magazine there and uh also the books uh so you know they've got everything all the different medias. So he'll be there all weekend, uh, as well as Raymond Schwalmann. Raymond's done book covers for, which of the Coast as well, for you know, tour. Uh, all those, you know, companies that we definitely, as geeks, all know about and uh, and love. So definitely need to meet Raymond Schwalmann. He's got a, a very unique blend of monster making as well as uh, really uh, world creating. We've got our local artist guests which is Jeff Perryman. You guys got to check out his website. Uh, Dragon Notes is uh, is a really great little uh, uh, cartoon series that you has got going on. A lot of funnies right here in Mesa. So, you know. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Also, uh, uh, our big guest of honor, uh, Jack Medevit. Jack's never been in Arizona yet um, as, as a guest of honor for one of our cons, and we are just so excited to have him. Uh, he is what I consider one of the last true science fiction authors. Um, and, of course, that's important to distinguish uh, that a lot of science fiction writers out there, but they a lot of them are doing uh, fantasy now as well as science fiction. So definitely got to get them, uh, yeah, come by and meet him, because if you're a fan at all of science fiction and read of any of his books, which is you know, awfully hard not to at least read one of them, uh, come on out the, on May 9th through 12th and, and meet him. He is going to be here early, so he'll be here on Thursday night uh, for the film festival. All of our guests of honors will be early, here early for the, of, for the film festival, so you'll have a chance to meet them earlier. Uh, if you come out to the film festival, Thursday night is free and open to the public, although you can get a ticket at the Eventbrite uh, Leprechaun. Film Festival, if you get a ticket and bring it with you, you have uh, chances of winning door prizes, t-shirts, t-shirts, hats, books, uh, prize packs, movies, uh, uh, DVDs, so you can uh, win win lots of different uh, door prizes, so come on out. Again, it's free and open to the public, so bring everybody. Bring open and we want to fill the room. i got 300, 300 seats to fill. So get your butt down here. <laughs> and uh, along with that, we have a music guest of honor, which is uh, Nancy Freeman. She's a, a local um, uh, guitarist, and we just really enjoy having her. She does a lot of uh, folk, folk uh, music, and that's going to be on, on weekend as well. And to two people who we haven't men- not mentioned before. Uh, Michael Moorcock, I'm sure some of you probably know Michael Moorcock. He's only written a few books. (laughs) And he's going to be our virtual guest, as I invited him to be our guest of honor. And he said, well, at that time of year, he is in France. Of course, that's problematic Uh, in any normal circumstances, except that I've been working on getting virtual guests, uh, which is all Internet-based. Um, you'll be able to interact kinda of like we do right here on Blog Talk. You'll be able to ask some questions. And uh he you'll be able to see him by video via video and be able to ask some questions right on uh, right on live and have him answer. So, uh Michael Marcos is gonna be our virtual guest and that's gonna be Saturday morning, uh very early at ten o'clock in the morning. Um and then we have our ghost guest of honor be Ray Bradbury, because I, you know, uh, I didn't become a, get a, a chair soon enough for a Leprechaun or any of the conventions here in town to actually get Ray Bradbury to come and uh, be our special guest. So we're going to have uh, his ghost uh, available for the weekend, and we're, we're going to have uh, some mediums come in and actually tap into uh, Ray's essence, and hopefully. Uh, guess and visitations. We would love to have an interview with Mr. Bradbury, always. He's uh, one of my favorite all-time authors ever. So uh, I've met him uh, on a couple of occasions and always and, oh, been inspired by anything he says. So uh, definitely looking for, hey, I know you No, he's always tongue-in-cheek, guys. He's not really going to be there. But you know what? This is fun. Uh, and that's what really uh convention's all about, is to not only meet new people, but see friends that you, you haven't seen in, in a year or two, and to have fun. Because yeah, really that's what it's all about, getting conventions. So come on out to Leprechaun and have some fun. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on. We've got Meet the Crows. We've got a Geek Off competition, which is uh, kind of in the essence of uh, the TBS show. That'll uh, be weekend anybody can can participate and, and winners will win prizes. So uh that's a week uh, a week on long competition uh, three different segments and uh, different different things going on. And of course the film festival as well as the dinner theater. Dinner theater it does cost extra because it costs us extra. <laughs> but it's definitely worth having a, a really great plate of meal at the hotel um in a science fiction oriented uh dinner theater atmosphere. So uh come on out and have some fun with us. That's May 9th through twelfth, yes, that's Mother's Day weekend. But that doesn't stop you from spending, you know, Thursday, Friday and Saturday with us if you want to spend and then, you know, a little bit of Sunday. Uh and then you can go visit your parents. Okay? So spend some time with us. With that, we've got uh, next week. Um, I'm worth talking to Jack Devitt about speaking to us on the radio tomorrow for next week. And of course, I will be uh, also on the radio live and talking more about some. Uh, actually, live on site. I'll be at location uh, this next Sunday, uh, 11 to 1. I'll be speaking live, and then the rest of the rest of the day until 4 o'clock. We'll have a book browse. We'll book browse uh, from 11 until 4. Lo-Fi Coffee House, which is right off of Main Street and Mesa. Right in the heart of Mesa, right off of Main Street. Right on Main Street. (laughs) So come on down, Lo-Fi Coffee on Sunday and see me in action live. Uh, It's going to be live radio, so I will. Um, be on on Wi-Fi that way. You guys will be able to call in as well. But we would like Ashley have you down there and and take a look at some of the books, not only from my company but also from uh, Brick Cave Media uh, as well as anybody else we can pull in. So uh, with that, we'll have lots of books to talk about and uh, and and just enjoy. Uh, I have an authority that we're gonna be seeing some pirates out there, so lots of fun with pirates and, and they'll be doing their uh their usual show with uh and maybe some new new stuff. Uh, with uh short play. So coming out you never know I might be pulled into the show. <laughs> never know with pirates. So we have that going on. So coming out on Sunday uh this next Sunday and uh we'll have a live show and we'll talk about books, we'll talk about uh, movies, we'll talk about uh, anything that, that, you know, uh, fans are interested in talking about because that's what it, the show's all about. And so with that, this is Patty Holstrand, and this is KWOD Radio, and I'm so happy to have you today to be part of our show. Hmm. And um just so happy to have you here today. So, with that Vishante, happy Wednesday.